Hello and welcome to the People Powered Green Left Podcast, where we give a voice to the 99% and not the big corporations. If you think this project is important, please consider becoming a supporter today. Now, on to our latest episode. So many of you will have seen the historic super strike that was taken by members of the Retail and Fast Food Workers Union across the country on October 7th and 10th as they escalated their campaign for a living wage and better working conditions. About a thousand workers walked off the job for two hours at sites across the country in the first nationwide industrial action taken by supermarket workers. Today, I'm joined by Josh Cullinan, who's the National Secretary of the, Re- uh, of the Retail and Fast Food Workers Union, to discuss this inspiring campaign. Before we get started, Greenleft relies on our supporters to continue. So if you like the work we do and want, to keep, and want it to keep going, please head to greenleft.org.au forward slash support to help us out from only $5 a month. I also want to acknowledge that this podcast is being recorded on stolen Gadigal Wongal land that was never ceded and always was and always will be Aboriginal land. Hi, Josh. Thanks for coming on the podcast today. Thanks for having me, Isaac. Yeah, so as I mentioned, the industrial action that's been taken by RAFWI members is historic, the first time that supermarket workers have gone on strike across the country. Could you tell me a bit about how it got to this point and what the workers are fighting for? Yes, yeah, so, so we've had an unashamed approach to um, acknowledging and respecting history ever since we launched. And the history shows that workers have only ever gotten the conditions and wages they deserve through their direct, uncompromising industrial action. We know that from hundreds and hundreds of years of workers standing together and fighting back. And so we have always understood and seen that for our members to be able to secure the things they need, um, we need to look towards industrial action. Members in retail and fast food, workers right across the country, one and a half million of them, have had woeful conditions now for uh, forever. Uh, And that is because the legacy is that workers have never been able to um, and never been supported in their direct action. So they're paid minimum wages uh, and for decades and decades paid a lot less than that with billions stolen out of dodgy, rotten deals. So uh, for several years, we have been building the power of workers to commence campaigns of industrial action. And we did that at Better Red Than Dead in 2021. And we were able to secure the best by far enterprise agreement in Australia. We backed that up at readings with the threat of industrial action, um, bookstores in Melbourne uh, in 2022. And then in October 2022, we launched the first national strikes of retail workers ever at uh, Apple uh, at Apple stores. And whilst the agreement wasn't good enough, uh, we now have an agreement at Apple, uh, which is certainly better than many, many other agreements that have been made across retail and fast food. So Coles and Woolies workers have been watching that um, and they've also been campaigning. At Coles, we've had four years of trying to get Coles supermarkets to the bargaining table. Uh, they only came to the table when they were forced to uh, last year by the new laws. But in December, Coles and Woolies both separately agreed to bargain and agreed to commence the process of enterprise bargaining. Uh, We put to them our claims in March of this year. Those claims are very modest. They are things like a living wage, they're safer workplaces, secure jobs. And a living wage for us would be just $29 as a base rate per hour, uh, manifestly less than very many other sectors 
but that for us is a massive step up from the $25 per hour base rates that are currently paid to workers who are older than 21 and don't have a disability or aren't a trainee. Um, workers in those circumstances are often paid a lot less, but that's what we've been uh, seeking. But these employers have absolutely refused to come to the table on any of those issues. We've had a series of meetings at, at Coles and at Woolies with senior management, with our delegates at the table, but these companies have refused to budge and refused to offer living wages, safer workplaces and secure jobs. And that's left workers with no choice. But we always knew this would come. These massive multi-billion dollar companies were not going to hand over their profits without a fight. We, we get that. Um, so that's where workers and uh, our delegates have been led to. They made these decisions in the last couple of months to both authorise their action and then to take it. And on the 7th of October, we had these historic national strikes right across the country uh, and uh, at Coles and Woolies uh, with a thousand workers involved. And, uh, and that's why they've come to this. Yeah, it's really inspiring to hear how Rafu's gone from uh, this really successful campaigns in these bookstores and then to Apple stores and now targeting like the, the massive Coles and Woolies um, supermarket duopoly. Um, what other kind of actions have been taken by workers during this, as you said, this long bargaining period? Um, and how, in Col how have Coles and Woolies responded um, to the industrial action that workers are taking? Yes, yeah, so, so the, the bans that were put in place were first put in place at Woolies uh, several weeks ago now, um, and they commenced with um, some fairly um, fairly basic bans on doing work. So, so um, for example, it was a ban on making the uh, the heated up bread in the bakery. It's not doesn't require bakery craft. It's it's just heated up loaves of bread. So we banned that work. Uh, we banned unloading trucks. We banned working in the assisted checkout or self serve area without having a safety uh, a safety mat there to stand on. Um, so there are some of the sorts of bans that we started putting in place at Woolies. That's expanded now to a range of other bans. Um, and workers are wearing RAFWU um, T-shirts and stickers. Uh, they're talking to customers. Um, they're all forms of industrial action that we have in place at Woolies. We also at Woolies, we led the super strike on the Thursday, the 5th of October, with the first strike ever uh, at a Woolies supermarket. Uh, and that was in Broken Hill. Um, so we've got a fantastic group of members in Broken Hill uh, that uh, more than half the store walked out um, and participated in that first strike and then called on um, everyone else to support that action on, on the Saturday as well. At Coles, we implemented a range of bans on the Friday before the super strike. And those bans were very basic. Um, and they were not cleaning the toilets, not emptying the filthy nappies and other rubbish out of trolleys, uh, they included uh, talking to customers about uh, the industrial action. Uh, they included uh, wearing RAFWU T-shirts and stickers. Those sorts of very, mostly fairly entry-level bands that weren't going to have a huge impact on customers that were more, more focused on management. Coles, in response, did, uh, did what, you know, there's no real surprise from Coles for their attack on workers. And what they did is they issued the 500 workers that were lining up to take this action um, with letters which said, if you implement any one of those bans at all, then you will be, uh, you will be not paid at all and your work won't be accepted. So they are put in place a starve out. They basically said, we're going to starve out every one of you workers that dares to stand up for a living wage 
And now Coles is well aware of what these workers are suffering from. Coles implemented a policy earlier this year to do bag checks on every worker as they finish a shift. Yeah. So if you if you drop into your local Coles, you'll see the, the kids there, they'll see the older workers. Every one of them, when they finish their shift, have to open their bag up to their management, um, have their management rifle through their bag, looking at their you know sanitary products or their prescription medications. Um, because, and Coles did that for one reason, because they know their workers can't afford food. So they're doing it because their own workers might drop an apple into their bag, might drop a, a roll into their bag. Um, they're the sorts of conduct that this company is up to. And so what did it do when those workers say, well, enough is enough. We want to have a living wage. We want safer workplaces and secure jobs. Coles did what only it knows how to do, and that is retaliate on those workers and starve them out. So very disappointing conduct, conduct from Coles. Um, and we've got member meetings next week to plan out what the next stages will be for, for Coles workers. Yeah, wow. It's very intense reaction um, from Coles in particular. Um, I guess you touched on another element of this campaign. Uh, I guess the context that's taking place is in the midst of this cost of living crisis. As you said, many of the workers probably are struggling to put food on the table from the very places that they work from. Um, and at the same time, Coles and Woolies are posting these billion-dollar profits and bragging about how successful they've been in the past uh, year. Um, has this had an impact on the campaign? Oh, absolutely. The workers can see it for what it is. Um, it's, it's their labour that is being exploited and making these massive profits. And like the rest of the community, they are struggling to make ends meet. They're, they're, these workers are paid amongst the lowest wages in Australia. Um, so it's not like they're paid a comparable wage to any other sector. Um, you know, sometimes we hear the rhetoric from uh, some other um, workplaces that, you know, they're paid less than a matters worker or paid less than a Coles worker. It's just not true. The, the reality is that these workers, you know, especially the younger workers, you know, we're talking $10, $12 per hour. A worker with a disability, they can be paid just a few dollars per hour. And they're in every supermarket, right? You know, there's, mm -hmm. there's lots of workers... That, that have those disabilities. They're not, it's not some gift from the employer to give work to those that might have a disability. They're paying them less, just mm. like they're paying the 15, 16, the 20 year old, the 19 year old, they're all getting paid less. But even those that are older, um, you know, there's, they're being paid a, a base rate of $25. So if you go into during the day on a weekday, that's what they're earning. $25 an hour if they're 50 or 60 and they don't have a disability, right? So, mm -hmm. yes, there's penalty rates in the evenings now and on Saturdays. Never used to be. Rafflu brought them back in the last six years. So, you know, for, for 40 years, workers had their penalty rates stolen. Um, but, but these workers um, are struggling to get by. They, they, are very, they can't afford rent increases, can't afford rent anyway. Um, they can't afford the food. They're, they're working nine-hour contracts. You know, they might get a 12-hour contract, four three-hour shifts across a week. You know, and the employers do that. Why does Coles do that? To not have to give them a paid rest break in a four-hour shift. They, this is the sort of conduct that we have to deal with. And uh, absolutely, these workers are responding partly because um, it, it is desperate times. You know, if they want to feed their kids, if they want to put a roof over their head, you know, if they want to aspire for, you know, a, a car in the future or any other um, item, uh, if they just want to be able to buy a loaf of bread, then they know that their action is what's going to be the most important thing. Yeah, 100%. And yeah, it's, um, as you said, 
nine hour, 12 hour contracts. Um, many supermarket workers are uh, casually employed on these kind of precarious um, uh, employment contracts and things like that. And also um, many are young, as you said, uh, working their first jobs out of school or while still at school. I, was a, I started working at Woolies while I was still in high school and yeah, earning $10 an hour. Um, which is, is crazy to th- uh, imagine uh, as an adult now earning that little for all that work. Um, uh, I guess I wanted to ask why uh, I think it's important uh, and Rafu has has uh, been working in many uh, areas where there's a lot of younger workers and the campaign against junior rates has been a common uh, uh, part of many of these campaigns. Um, so I just wanted to ask you why it's important to organise uh, young workers in these workplaces. Oh, I mean, um, we're, we're, our priority is to organise all workers and young workers make up a very large part of that workforce. So, so to give you some examples, um, 85 or 80 to 85% of McDonald's workers are paid a junior rate. They're, paid, they're under 21 years of age. More than half of McDonald's workers are children and under 18. Uh, if we look at somewhere like Kmart, again, huge numbers, huge numbers are paid junior rates. Um, and, you know, the vast majority. And the vast majority are casual. So 85% of McDonald's workers, over 80% of Kmart workers are casual. And the reason why they're casual is because they churn them. So we're setting up, you know, young workers in their first jobs, the first experience they have is when they turn 16, that they lose shifts. And when they turn 17, they lose almost all their shifts. And by the time they're 18, unless they're on some kind of management trajectory, they're unlikely to get another shift. Um, mm. They use sophisticated rostering software, which, engage, which makes sure that the cheapest worker is allocated a shift when they're available and they're, they're competent to do the work. Coles and Woolies uh, are no different. Um, they, the, the kind of value, so we know that McDonald's across Australia makes about $650 million profit by not paying not by not paying full rates. Wow, that's the, that's the value of junior rates to these companies. At at a company like Coles or Woolies, it's it's in the order of one hundred and fifty to two hundred and fifty million dollars a year. Is being profited off, you know, having kids um, or not even kids, you know, young workers, twenty year olds, nineteen year olds doing doing work and and often doing it faster than others. It's not lost on any young worker that they're working um, at a pace and uh, and in ways which drive great profit for these employers. These employers know young workers are more vulnerable. They know that they're more likely to take risks. Um, it's no different from 200 years ago when, or 150 years ago in the coal mines or in the textile mills. Mm. These employers love the little fingers of the, of the kids. They love their little nimble you know, capacity to get work done quickly and to cop the bullshit from their managers. Um, and so they know that. It's not like, you know, they don't talk about it, but they know that and we know that too. And we want to fight against that as well. You know, we're resolutely of the view that no worker under 15 should be working at all. Um, you know, the big political parties and the companies, they want to put in place systems to ensure that very young workers are, 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 are you know, making the bits and bobs. They're, they're selling the burgers and the and the milk. Um, we think that that's, um, that's just rank exploitation. And we talk about other countries around the world not having child labourers. Well, Australia has these huge numbers of child labourers. In fact, at McDonald's, um, you know, it's this—it's the vast majority are child labourers um, that are, you know, being burnt every shift 
being mm. underpaid, not getting their ten-minute rest breaks, not having penalty rates for decades and decades. They were the fodder in the machine of the ruling classes. So we see that um, young workers are, uh, you know, at the front line and deserve to be organised and deserve to fight back, and we want to help them do that. They're also a group of workers that are, are in, you know, in in these years have gumption. You know, they're willing to step up. The more and more they're willing to call out their employers, you know, and their employers fight back. They implement, implement social media policies and they berate them. But you know, when when a workers were being um, targeted by a sexual predator at McDonald's Trelgan in February, those workers stood up and they fought back and they walked out when that employer was allowing that to go on, um, mm-hmm. despite the reports, despite the concerns. And these kinds of activities, when workers are starting to stand up and get involved and get organised and organise their co-workers, um, the world is our oyster. And so we 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 love organising all workers, but particularly young workers. You know, we've we've re-established our caucuses. We've got a young workers caucus. We're keen for all of those young members of RAFU to to get organised, to talk with each other, to plan out what it looks like. Um, you know, we've had a fantastic group of young workers at Broken Hill Coals. Like we had Broken Hill Woolies walk out. But we've had this fantastic group of young workers at the coals there as well mm. who have stood up and they've been engaged in their activities. They're doing their TikTok videos. They're doing all sorts of things to 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 spread the word and to give hope, to give hope that there is another way. And that starts with a fight. Yeah, it's it's very inspiring to see and to, to hear about. Uh, I guess I just wanted to ask about the other union that is involved in supermarkets, which is the Shop Distributive and Allied Employees Association, or SDA, which is one of Australia's most powerful unions, but also one of the most uh, conservative. Um, What role has the SDA played in the current uh, negotiations? Uh, You've been very kind to them, calling them a union, but um, they've been involved in um, in bargaining at both of these organisations. We, we drag them into Woolies Bargaining. They, they don't have any claims. They haven't got any positions together. Um, but uh, because we went to the Fair Work Commission for the protective action ballot, there had to be a bargaining meeting in the commission and uh, they turned up and watched. But the, the, the SDA has never brought a worker to a bargaining meeting. Um, it's the nine secretaries, all male, all blue ties in their suits that turn up to bargaining. They've also told their favourite employers that, that like to work with them that they won't meet with RAFWU um, or the workers off the shop floor, so they have secret negotiations. Mm. And what do those secret negotiations look like? Well, right now at Kmart, they're in secret discussions with Kmart to cut the casual loading from 25% to 5%. Wow. That, 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 that's what it looks like. These are the sorts of deals they do. Um, and it's abhorrent. We're talking about a largely very young workforce, almost all casual. Um, and Kmart's going to um, create a, a new class of worker, which pays a 5% rather than a 25% loading to. So um, at, at Coles and Woolies, no doubt, they're in secret discussions, trying to cut deals and arrange things with them. Uh, we think it's more and more difficult for the SDA to do that and for the big bosses to do that. Um, we're not silly about it. You know, a thousand workers out of 200,000 at Coles and Woolies is only is only a very very starting point. Like we, we've got to build a lot bigger to have the power we need. But workers are also watching and they're listening. And when Coles and Woolies propose deals which don't pay living wages, don't provide any more security of employment or safer workplaces, uh, workers are more likely to, to pull it out 
and to vote no on those deals. And we saw that at Macca's in 2019. We had the largest ever no vote by workers in Australian history when 20,000 McDonald's workers voted no. So we're, we're confident that we keep getting the message out, we'll be able to break that. Um, well, it's it's a trilogy, really. It's a duopoly, but it's got the SDA in there as well. So Coles, Woolies and SDA um, that have long exploited workers and have cost workers billions and billions of dollars. Um, and so uh, they certainly won't be taking any industrial action. Never have. Never have taken industrial action. Um, and so, um, the you know, at the moment, the, when it comes to strikes at Coles and Woolies, um, the biggest scab on the block is the SDA. Yeah, I think it makes it's very clear that any uh, any retail or fast food workers listening um, should join RAFU and get involved in their workplaces. Um, are there any more plans for strikes uh, at Woolies and Coles in the future? And how can people support uh, the workers and the excellent work that RAFU is doing? Uh, yeah, so there's um, member meetings next week at Coles and Woolies, um, which will decide what our next actions are. They will no doubt include strike actions um, and they will be in the near term. Um, there'll also be the start of a conversation about what Christmas looks like. Um, we, we know that members, particularly Coles members, because of the way they were targeted and starved out um, by Coles, will be very interested in looking at, at whether, what sort of Christmas strike might be possible at what stores or what groups of workers might be involved in that. So. That conversation will start and we'll communicate on our social media and elsewhere that the various strikes that we will take and call for action and support. In terms of ways that people can um, support the action, the, the, the first is to just simply communicate with others that, about RAFWI. Now, after the super strike and the fantastic coverage we got, um, there is not a retail, not a Coles or Woolies worker in Australia that could say they've never heard of RAFWI. Every one of them has now. Um, so, you know, if you're you know, shopping at Coles or Woolies or you know people who work at Coles and Woolies, do do tell them about RAFWI. Encourage them to get involved. We want everyone involved. Um, but you can also go to rafwi.org.au forward slash superstrike. And there, there's some email addresses for CEOs. There's uh, signing up to the mailing list. There's um, a link to our Chuffed Strike Fund. Um, there's a few things that um, folks can do as part of um, as part of the campaign. Um, but it starts with continuing the conversation because what we know is is that someone is far more likely to join because someone they know asked them to and get involved because someone they know asked them to. And, and that's and that's not me doing a dad rant on Facebook. That's um, every listener having a conversation at the checkout or with a family or friend um, that is a Coles or Woolies or other retail worker to suggest that they get involved in the only fighting union for retail and fast food workers. Yes, yeah, some very important things that people can do if you're listening. Uh, talk to your family and friends and head to the uh, RAFWU website uh, for all those resources that Josh just mentioned. Um, that's all I've got uh, in terms of questions for you today, Josh. Was there anything else you'd like to add before we finish up? I really appreciate you having me on and, um, and we look forward to finally um, getting some better offers out of these companies through our direct action. 100%. And if listeners want to support the Green Left project, uh, you can go to greenleft.org.au forward slash support and become a supporter for only $5 a month. Um, thanks for listening, everyone. I hope you got a lot out of this episode. To continue producing shows like this, we need your support. Consider becoming a supporter for $5 a month, sharing this show on social media, and submitting your own stories. You can do all this at our website, greenleft.org.au.